Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Frazzled with me, your host, Kelly Swingler. Today, I want to talk to you about why we need stress. Why we need stress. That may sound really counterintuitive, right? And we are definitely at that point in the year where stress levels are rising, where on top of doing everything at work and doing everything at home and then all of a sudden trying to be some kind of festive angel or elf on a shelf superstar or you know kind of Christmas I don't know like the the best person ever like Christmas spirit stress is definitely at that time of year where it is becoming uncontrollable and yet we need stress. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about in today's episode of Frazzled. If you are new, this podcast is totally uncut and unedited. Uh, there may be noise in the background. Sometimes the sound quality is not that great, but it is uncut and unedited. And when I first wanted to do this, the reason behind it being uncut and unedited was because I wanted to do this podcast, but I didn't want to add a load of other things to my list. I didn't want it to be costing a ton of money. I didn't know if anybody would even be listening. I just thought if I'm going to do it, I want to get it out there. And I gave myself permission for good to be good enough. Right? No jingles, no intros, no editing, nothing. Just this is where we are. This is what we're doing. And this is genuinely what I want to encourage more of us to do. Because of the stress and pressure of wanting to be perfect and not putting our ideas out into the world or not speaking up in meetings or not doing what it is that we want to do because we're too worried about what other people think of us or what other people feel about us, or what other people may say to us about what we're doing. It's just causing so much pressure. We're in this constant realm, this constant feel of comparison. I love social media, and, and I rely actually on a lot of social media to be able to continue to grow my business and reach new audiences. The fact that I'm able to promote this podcast every week and see the numbers grow and the listeners grow on a weekly basis is in large due to social media. And yet so many of us, particularly as our stress levels rise and move into that unhealthy phase of stress, that's where a lot of us then fall into comparison. Because we look at the one snapshot, you know, how long does it take to take a picture right, and post it on our social media feeds. It's like it's done like that, right? In an instant, that picture is taken. So that doesn't take into account the other 23 hours, what, 23 hours, 59 minutes, and probably 59 seconds of anybody else's day. We see that much of a snapshot and we compare And I will say for a lot of the videos that I do, if I am in video mode, I will record a series of videos all on one day. So you're probably not seeing the days 
where I don't want to be in a camera, where I don't particularly want to be dressed, where I don't particularly want to be doing my hair, where actually today I'm just in writing mode and I've just got my sweats on and my, and my big comfy jumper. You know, the days that I haven't got my face done, my hair done. You're probably not seeing a huge amount of those because guess what? I'm not sharing them. And many of us are probably the same. I know lots of people that run their own businesses that bulk record lots of things. I know lots of people that are employed that will try to have all of their video calls on one day. Because actually the rest of it is just effort. So if there's anything, anything at all that you take from this podcast, it's that good is good enough. We don't need to strive for perfection. We're not here to compare. We're not here to judge. Just here to have a listen, perhaps make some changes or have the realisation that, hey, yeah, I had that thought too. That's what we're here for. And to my regular listeners, thank you for coming back. As I said, the numbers are growing. And I can see that sort of the same week now, every, the, same, uh, the same numbers of you are listening every week. Of course, that's growing, but I'm seeing those numbers grow. And then some of you are even going back and listening to some of the earlier episodes. So thank you for sticking with me. Uh, genuinely, genuinely makes my heart melt. So thank you so much. So why we need stress. Let's go, let's go back a little bit, shall we? So six years ago, six years ago, I was uh, contacted by a friend of mine. She had just written a book and I was contacted by her publisher. She said, can I, can I put you in contact with this publisher? Um, she's looking for someone to do a book about stress and I think you'd I think you'd be really great. So can you know, could I put you in, in contact with my publisher? And I said, Yeah, of course. So this publisher got in contact with me and she'd spoken to loads of people. But she said what she was missing was like a really practical way in which we could deal with, recognise and overcome stress. And the first thing I said to her was, but we need stress. She's like, what? I was like, we need stress. She's like, oh, but, you know, every, everybody's stressed. And, and everybody, I said, yes, but we all need stress. Now, you may not necessarily be calling it stress. You might be calling it adrenaline. You might be calling it drive. You might be calling it motivation, you might be calling it the energy to get out of bed in the morning. You might be calling it your mojo. But that part of you that kicks in to get you out of bed in the morning or to get you across the finish line or to help you achieve your goals. Or if you like me, that part of you that kicks in when you've probably had six months to do a project and now you're trying to cram it all into six days, right? That part of you, call it whatever you want, but ultimately that is stress, right? That is stress. And everything in our life is a stressor, right? Everything is a stressor. Making our bed in the morning is a stressor. 
choosing what to wear, stressor, choosing what to have for breakfast, stressor, every single thought, action, behaviour, decision, conversation, every single thing that we do then goes into our stress bucket. Okay, everything goes into our stress bucket. The good stress, the healthy stress, the motivational, inspirational, driving mojo part of stress, we all need. Right, we all need it. Because without that part of stress, we probably wouldn't be alive for starters, right? Because we'd have no real need to feed ourselves, wash ourselves, clothe ourselves, you know, clothe ourselves, go to work, keep a roof over our head, pay our bills. We'd have no motivation to do anything. And whilst for some of us, I think, oh God, but wouldn't that be amazing? You know, we could just, I don't know, sit on a sun lounger all day and just chill out or lounge in bed all day. And sure, right, we need some of those days sometimes, but not every time. It would be no good for our health. It would be no good for our mental well-being. It would be no good for our emotional well-being. Firstly, we are social creatures, social beings. So we do even, even those of you like me, that you know, huge introverts, we do need that social connection. Those social interactions. We need that physical contact. You know, the hugs and the love and the hand-holding and, and, and the touch. So we need to be out of bed. We need to be around other people. We need to be doing all of those things that keeps us well. And in a lot of the talks that I do, I kind of, I suppose I make use of the, the whole stage if, if I'm on a stage in front, in front of an audience. But I talk about kind of stress on, let's say, a scale between zero to ten. And if we think about normal, everyday stress, the stress that gets us out of bed, that gets us across the finish line, that keeps us motivated, that's our mojo, our passion, our drive, our inspiration, all of the things that I've already mentioned, they kind of sit, if we say, between sort of zero and let's say five on our stress scale. And as long as we are happy, healthy, high-performing beings and we're sleeping well every night, then our stress bucket empties at the end of every day. So we can fill our stress bucket up throughout the day with all of the stressors. We have a great night's sleep. And our stress bucket begins to empty. Now let's talk here very quickly about stress, because again, at this time of year, the, the cyclical rhythms, the, the circadian rhythm that goes on around us, the, the natural cycle and rhythms of the seasons, typically in winter, particularly if, you know, if, if we're here in the UK, it's different, obviously, in different parts of the world. But for those of us that are in the UK, we are in winter. The clocks have changed. It's grey. It's wet. It's miserable. The sun isn't coming out, well, if, we, if we're lucky to get any sun at all, but we're not really seeing any daylight until about 8am. And then we're not really seeing any 
well, we're not seeing a lot of daylight, but then it's dark again at kind of four or five o'clock of in, in the evening. And during those dull, dark, grey days, where there are shorter days, really what we should be doing is slowing down, right? If we look at nature, if we were to you know look outside our doors and see what is happening to nature, and again, lots of us live in, live in cities, right? I in 2020, again, for, for those of you that are regular listeners will know that in 2020, we literally moved to the middle of nowhere. We're surrounded by farmer's fields. But it's caused me to be even more aware of what's happening on a seasonal basis. And in winter, as all of the leaves fall, as it gets grey, nature is slowing down. If we look at what the farmers are doing on the fields, it's about that fallow season. It's about like nothing needs to happen. We're not planting anything, we're not growing anything, we're just allowing the land to settle. But for us, what happens in winter and at this time of year is we go even faster, even harder, trying to get all of these things done, trying to host the best parties. We go into festive or seasonal mode, trying to be as sociable as we can, whereas maybe we're not that particularly social throughout the rest of the year. We change our drinking habits. Maybe we drink more alcohol. Maybe we're eating more food. All of those things then impact our sleep patterns. And then when our sleep is impacted, it impacts the REM sleep. It impacts all of our sleep, but it particularly impacts our REM sleep. And it's our REM sleep, this rapid eye movement, that allows our stress bucket to empty at night. Now, one of the reasons that I stopped drinking alcohol, and this isn't, you know, you must all go, you know, teetotal and sober. But one again, just as I was creating an awareness in lots of different areas of my life, what I noticed was on the days that I was drinking, I was waking up a lot more anxious in the morning. And one of the reasons that I was waking up a lot more anxious in the morning was because I wasn't having a great night's sleep on the day that I was drinking. And alcohol impacts our REM sleep. So if we're drinking more, because we're going into the festive period, at a time that as cyclical beings we should be slowing down, but we don't, we speed up, and then our sleep is impacted, it's really no wonder that throughout December, January and into February, we feel more stressed. Depression increases during those times. Stress increases during those times. And some of that is absolutely to do with the weather. I have one of those loomy lights in my room. So I wake up to sunlight every morning and I go to bed with sunset every night. But like you, I miss the sun during the day. If I need to take the dog out before it's even dark because I have a day of appointments... Like many of you, I'm just seeing dark all day. And sitting in the blue light of my screen is not particularly great all day. Artificial light, not particularly great for us. So at a time where naturally, cyclically, we should be slowing, we tend to push harder and go harder. At a time when our normal stress levels are then not emptying enough they're not decreasing enough because our sleep is then becoming impacted because of everything else that we're doing during this time of year 
We're then waking up not fully rested. We're waking up not fully recharged. We're waking up with our stress buckets not fully emptied. And then throughout the course of the day, we're adding even more stress. So then what was on our stress scale of, say, between zero and five, maybe those numbers start creeping up. Maybe we're not getting back down to zero. And maybe we're between, say, a three and a seven. We're between a four and a nine. But when we begin to hit those high levels, if we constantly then are staying within the eights, the nines and the tens, that's burnout territory. And when we get to that point, a good night's sleep is not enough to lower our stress. Having a week off is not enough to decrease and stop our burnout. We need small and consistent actions on a daily, regular basis for us to keep our stress in check. We could all experience exactly the same situation and we may all have a very different reaction based on how full our stress bucket is. You might think you don't be ridiculous, right? Don't be ridiculous. Because it is the case, if we think about people that experience PTSD, not everybody that goes into a particular situation experiences PTSD. If we think about all of the healthcare workers throughout 2020, not every healthcare worker throughout 2020 experienced stress. If we think about students that go to university, not every student that goes to university experiences stress. We have different makeup. We have different experiences. Some of us go into some of these situations with an already full stress bucket. And so therefore our our, our ability to cope the kind of the or the you know the limit within our bucket is less than for some other people and you may remember in one of the previous episodes i talked about all of the things that i used to do right that <laughs> hundred things that i would try to do on a daily basis to try and reduce my stress guess what all of those things were adding more stress The one thing that I will now prioritise over everything is my sleep. And again, through the research and studying and learning and conversations that I've done over the years. And the fact that I don't know about you, but I'm one of these sleeps like, okay, so if I go to bed now, I'll get this amount of hours sleep. Okay, so if I get if I do okay, but if I go to bed at this time and I start counting back, right, what time do I need to be up in the morning? How many hours back do I need? That's where I kind of started with whereas again I took that decision away. I now go to bed at the same time every night and I wake up at the same time every morning. And that's had a huge impact on me. And the more that I look at and learn and understand about sleep. It's the consistency of the times that we go to bed and we wake up. And even if we go to bed at a different time, if we still wake up at the same time every morning, 
We will ultimately be happier, healthy, more high-performing humans. We let go of being frazzled. Now, you will have heard me say again over the last few months, I've had... uh, I was going to say unprecedented. I'm sure we've all had enough of that word over the last few years, haven't we? But but I have, you know, I I came back from my yoga retreat in India early October, and I've just been literally jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Mainly as a result of my dad's health and operations being postponed, and ensuring that he and my mum are okay. We then had a family bereavement, so. These are things that would be, I suppose, out of the ordinary. I work really hard, 99% at the time, of trying to ensure that I stay within manageable levels of stress because I know I cannot go through another period of burnout. I just, I, I genuinely believe, I genuinely think there is no way that I would come through another period of burnout. The first made me seriously ill, the second almost killed me. So I'm very conscious about the things that I do. I'm very conscious about the decisions that I make. And I'm learning more, still more and more. And I'm now 10 months, 10 years since my first burnout. If you were listening to some of the episodes back in August, it was like literally August, I then suddenly began to feel like my pre-burnout self again. And I never thought I'd get some parts of the, you know, some of those parts of me back. But I did. And so some of the parts of me that I genuinely thought had been gone forever, they're back and and I feel brilliant again. Like I feel like myself again. This is an ongoing thing. And I'm going to continue talking about it and helping people through it and guiding people and coaching people and raising awareness and and doing all of this stuff. But I also think we've got to take some of the pressure off ourselves of thinking that we can live stress-free lives. Just as I see a lot of our social media feeds now saying that everybody, like we all need to be positive all of the time, That's exhausting. We can move into this kind of toxic positivity. We don't want that. And we also don't want to be stressing ourselves out more by thinking that we can live stress-free lives because we can't. We need stress. We need stress in our lives. But it's how we manage it, how we come through it and how we take care of ourselves in the lead up to that that will make the biggest difference. I'm going to leave you there now. That's my doorbell going. So I'm going to leave you there before the dog starts barking in the background. I will see you again next week. But that's my question for you. What stress do you need? What can you let go of? And what can you be doing to decrease it as much as possible? Take care for now. Bye bye.